Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You know you're obsessed with football when the first thing you do when you turn the TV on is scan through every channel and see if there's any preseason games on. (laughs) I don't care if it's fourth string, fourth quarter, Tuesday in the NFL. I'm interested. So glad football's back. I never want to wish time away. Certainly never want to wish this what has been truly one of the great Montana summers we have ever experienced. I know it's been really hot the last month, especially in western Montana. It's been hot all over the state, all over the country. I get it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to jinx it. You know what we haven't had yet. I'm not going to speak it into the universe, but it's been so nice to not have it. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Uh, Nuan is now coming to you from the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for 15-plus years, and happy to say so. Missed anything in the first hour, fun Montana football hour. We started our position group preview, so here's how this works. We will, uh, Andrew will just name a position, and then I'll give you the breakdown of the Grizz and the Cats at that position. So we got the wide receivers for both teams, as well as defensive line for the Grizz. So Bobcat defensive line. Coming up in just a minute, we also heard from Bobcat head football coach, Brent Vegan, who gave us some insight on his team's scrimmage on Saturday. And uh, we also talked about, you know, the art of collecting and organizing and effectively hoarding (laughs) with our one and only Tommy Evans. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. We're going to do some NFL division by division. But first, let's finish this conversation about uh, position groups. So here's your uh, Bobcat defensive line. And last year, for all of the headliners that MSU had up front, whether it was you know All-American defensive tackle Chase Benson or All-American defensive end Daniel Hardy, who went on to become you know an NFL draft pick, or 
uh, All-American Amadre Williams, who somehow got overshadowed, even though he had eight and a half sacks last year and was a, a great player there at MSU. Those guys, all three are graduated. But there's a, even though they had those headliners, they still played eight, nine, ten guys on the defensive front last year at MSU. That's going to be the story again. I do think they're going to have a few guys that could become headliners, but it's going to be a unit that's dictated by numbers. So based on what I've seen so far, here's what the first team front looks like. Brody Greeby was the number one guy off the bench last year, a pass rush specialist who had six and a half sacks last year and, and then helped earn it, that that production helped earn him preseason all-big sky accolades, even though he wasn't a starter last year. So Greeby, I think, is, is definitely going to be a, a main focal point there on the edge for the MSU defensive front. Sebastian Valdez is the lone returning starter. He was a force last year on the inside. He is as put together as any interior defensive lineman you will see at this level or otherwise, honestly. he's There's, there's a few guys where there, there's all sorts of great players in the Big Sky Conference, but more often than not, there's a very linear and or sort of explainable story of how a guy landed in the Big Sky. Late bloomer, small town, multi-sport athlete, didn't specialize, got hurt, you know, transfer this, transfer that, you know, didn't didn't really mature into a great athlete until he was in his 20s, whatever. Every once in a while you get a guy where you're like, what? That dude is straight D1 and and is as a freshman. And so sometimes it's just a great recruiting job. But then other times it's like, well, how did somebody miss? Valdez is like that. Valdez doesn't look like your normal defensive interior lineman at the FCS level. I mean, he is he's cut out of stone. He is 6'3", 285, 290 pounds, but not like most 290 pounders, especially at the FCS level, you know, with a little padding in the middle. He's uh, he's shredded. And uh, he, I think that Seabass is a really good player. So Greeby and... and uh, Valdez are kind of where it starts. The other guy, though, that was supposed to be a starter ahead of Valdez last year next to Chase Benson on the interior is Kyle Rigg, who's a very talented guy out of Sheldon, Oregon, or Sheldon High School, excuse me, in Eugene, Oregon. And if he can get back to full strength, he will certainly be a contributor there on the defensive front. And then at the uh, end spots, uh, Greeby will be one side. But I think Ben Seymour and David Olsen are probably the front runners. Uh, on the other side, but I also think that there's a lot of guys that are going to get a lot of playing time because, again, I think that MSU is going to rotate a ton uh, up front uh, defensively. And so, guys, here, here's all the guys that I that I fully expect to play. I think Greeby will be a front runner there at one of the end spots. I think Ben Seymour and David Olsen are going to be kind of the primary rotators at the other end spot. I think Valdez will be your starter at tackle. I think Blake Schmidt is a guy who's from the same high school, actually, as Valdez. He'll be your starter at nose at MSU. Blake Heal will also rotate at both defensive tackle positions. And then I also think Kenneth Iden, who's a kid out of Bozeman High School, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. Or, excuse me, Montana uh, Class AA Defensive Player of the Year. A great defensive end. Great, I mean, one of the most productive guys we've ever seen at the AA level coming off the edge. And then Hunter Parsons is a kid from Nevada who I thought made great strides in the offseason. So those are kind of all the guys that I expect to be sort of the front of the line 
to play. And of course, Rig, who I, Rig too, who I just mentioned. But then, you know, can a guy like Zach Black play his way in? I know the coaches are really high on Zach Black. He's only a redshirt freshman, though, so where is he at? I guess to, to answer the question about breaking down the position group at Montana State, they lose a bunch of headliners. It was by committee last year despite their headliners, and it's going to be by committee this year despite their lack of headliners. But I do think that Brody Greeby, Sebastian Valdez could be those headliners. So there you go, the good depth and that good um, – talent on both the Grizz and Bobcat defensive fronts. We will continue to break down position by position uh, these football teams uh, throughout the rest of the week, and uh, it'll just kind of be like a, a news newspaper or news magazine style, uh, just going through the, the who's who and who's expected to contribute and some evaluations on, on where they're at. So we'll leave the show Tuesday and Wednesday with that as well, and uh, if we have more to do, maybe we'll keep on doing it. Hope you're having a great Monday. Crazy to think that August is winding down. Tucker Sargent, the head coach for the Grizz Lacrosse team, the general manager of Grizz Hockey, and a former co-host of this show, he will join us here in a little while. But the NFL is coming up, and uh, about this time of year is when I always start getting asked about picks. Who's going to win the divisions? Who's going to win the conferences? Where am I at with Super Bowl picks and all that? Not quite there with conference champions or Super Bowl winners quite yet. But we can start doing some division-by-division division stuff. So we'll hold ourselves to this. I, you know, we record every second of the show every day, so there's evidence. You know, like Ryan Tutel used to say, the best part about the radio is you can scream and yell about whatever you want, and then you can uh, just put it out there in the ether, and if you're wrong, who cares? It it just uh, it just disappears. But that's not true anymore. Now we podcast uh, all of it. So we will, you know, we'll keep ourselves accountable. And, you know, because this guy is a, uh, you know, recovering talk radio star, we're going to get to his awesome trip in Ireland, but uh, Tucker Sargent in studio with us. He showed up early because, of course, he did. You're a, you're a college coach, so you have to, like, lead by example, right? That's if you're right. Gonna, you're gonna tell your, this is the thing that drives you crazy because Bobby Houck at Montana, his famous line is, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. So anytime he's not ten minutes early, I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, if he's just, like, 30 seconds early, I'm like, come on, you got to obey your own rules, right? <laughs> right. But obviously, you, gotta, you can't ever tell Coach Houck what to do. Uh, what's going on, man? Just trying to catch up on sleep after a heck of a journey back to and from Ireland. Well, we're going to get to the Ireland stories in a minute, but we're talking NFL right now. Oh, excellent. So, uh, we're just doing some division picks. I told people, you know, like you and Tutel when you guys had Tutel and Tucker. Yeah. Ryan used to always say, best part about the radio is you can just say whatever you want, and then it just disappears. Nobody. It, it's it's disposable, man. But, it's but just, now we can now we record everything, so now these people can call me out because they can listen on the Andrew, podcast. Andrew, are you recording right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Oh, no. So, so now... Uh, People are going to actually uh, be able to, to fact check, so to speak, my uh, my division by division picks. But I'm going to start with the uh, AFC East, which is the resident home of your New England Patriots. And that you're not going to like this, but I think as a just a rational person, you'll agree. I think the Buffalo Bills are probably, if not the uh, shoe in, not shoe in, but the uh, the the most yeah, highly easy. no shoe ins here the most highly favored though division winner in the AFC I, it's, it's a talented team I, I think it's the Buffalo Bills right I, yeah I but the other part about it though is the Bills have a ton of hype the Bills were really good last year they have a great returning roster 
But ironically, the well, they're, they're the Bills too. That's, I mean, that's exactly right. It's also funny though because the Patriots during their time of I mean, what they win like a million in a row division titles. Yeah, it was like uh, yeah, nine hundred ninety nine thousand. All, all the haters would always say, "Well, of course the Patriots win all the time." They get six free wins in their division, and all they have to do is just win six more games, and they just get home games. I didn't believe that as much. But the thing that's ironic, though, is that although the Bills are one of the most heavily favored division winners or division picks uh, headed in the NFL season, actually, though, the AFC East is getting some of the most hype as one of the most improved divisions because you have the Patriots, who I think are right. going to be better this year, the Dolphins, a new regime, we'll see, but they made a bunch of moves, bringing in Tyreek Hill. And, uh, I, I still don't have faith in the Jets. Well, no, for sure. And the Jets also have that spot in the NFL where they ha- have a lot of hype to be improved because how can you not? Right. Well, I mean, the Jets also have a resume of uh, 900 years of, like, right. they can't get out of their own way. Well, and also their their uh, their hype and thoughts to be improved went yeah. out the window. No, I, th- I mean, I, I think it's definitely, it's definitely Buffalo's division to take or, you know, hold on to right now. Obviously, they won it last year. I'm very curious just to, you know, because the Patriots are the team that I care about. You know, there, there's a lot of talk about that, you know, Josh McDaniels moving on. How's it going to go with Mac Jones year sure. two? They haven't yep. named an offensive coordinator. How the play is going to go? If you follow anything of the Patriots, they're talking a lot about, you know, that the offenses look like it's struggling. Uh, I think that, you know, any time with a coaching change, that very much could be the case. But, um I mean, in Bill, we trust, right? It seems to it seems to work out. You you get nervous, but I, I got to tell you, it's been more fun the last two years watching the Patriots because it's it's just different. It's, it is it's different. new and it's different. And you know, I'm not supposed to say it, but I think the Bills are one of the coolest teams to watch. I mean, watching oh, Josh are. Allen play is special. And he, he's it, so special, and their defense is so nice too. I mean, they they just have a nice vibe about them. They do, and you know, Buffalo. Buffalo needs this. Oh, for sure. Buffalo needs this in a big way. So we'll give it to Buffalo. For sure, 100%. I do, though, I, you're, what you said about the Patriots is so interesting, too, because the Patriots were sort of this evil empire forever, right? And and Bill Belichick is the, you know doesn't care about anybody, what anybody thinks of him. He's going to do it his way. And if everybody hates us, we're not it. It's not a popularity contest. We're just trying to win. And the first part of the Belichick-Brady era, Brady was this underdog upstart. And then Brady became... Like the star, and then he became, then he like outgrew the franchise, right? right. And, and then all of a sudden, the narrative's so weird because like the big bad wolf over here that has then like Mister Pretty Boy Cover Boy model quarterback, it was like clashing. And so it, I, I, it's funny. I dug my heels in as a Patriots hater for so long. I actually think the Patriots are infinitely interesting, and I'm very excited to watch the Patriots this year. And it's all like pretty much exclusively because they don't have Tom Brady anymore. Yeah, well, it's that, and then we can segue over to the AFC East because I think that's probably one of the most compelling. Or sorry, AFC West for sure because I think that's one of the most compelling divisions. It's a division that you know Kansas City owned outright for the the last you know four years. And then all of a sudden you look at it now, and that division is just stacked. For sure. I mean, at least on paper. And I mean, know, they have what three of the six or seven I mean, best Russell, quarterbacks right. in the in the in the league or yeah. in the West, right? Yeah. And then so you got Russell Wilson going to Denver, and Denver was always a team that was very good, but they had no quarterback, and that's always that's kind of been what Denver was doing the last few years, right? And they've just followed suit, where it's like be terrible, be terrible, pick up a a, a free agent star. Uh, towards the end of his career, they did with Peyton Manning, win a Super Bowl, go to two. And then you've got uh, 
a number of terrible years with Denver again, but the core of their team is solid. Like they're just For missing sure. that guy that can run an offense, and now they got Russell Wilson. So like, can he do that? And then you know, to segue from Denver to Oakland which is a funny story because now Josh McDaniel is back in the AFC West and there's a lot of people in Denver that still cannot forgive Josh McDaniels for what he did in the Tebow draft and the number of years that they think that that set him back. Um, But, you know, how can can McDaniels be the guy? And can he be the the guy in Oakland and really take a, and a, a team. Las Vegas now. Or sorry, Las Vegas. Sure, yeah. I always do it too. I, the Chargers are still in San Diego and the Raiders are still in Oakland. I can't get over it. I've got a map in my head of the NFL that has not changed. But, <laughs> That's right. Um, I do know the Rams are in L.A. now. But Josh McDaniels, you know, he perceptibly he's a wizard. And I feel like, you know, everyone said, well, he had Brady for so long and that made him look good. And then when he left Brady and he didn't have it and he picked right. this guy, which was Tebow, and he looked terrible and he ruined the Denver franchise. You know, but then he had a year with Mac Jones who was like not super, people weren't super psyched on coming into the NFL. And right. he, he made, I mean, Mac Jones is the only rookie quarterback outside of Justin Herbert to throw for, you know, 3,000 plus yards in his rookie season. Right. I mean, so, I mean, he's got to be able to do something. All right, so hey, can, I he, can he take strong. that into Oakland? And Oakland's another team, a lot like Denver, good core, hasn't been able to put it together. The thing that's so fascinating about the AFC West to me is that I think all four of the teams in the West would be division favorites or at the very least playoff contenders if they were in almost any other division in the league. Like yeah, well, it's, it's definitely a two-team. Two teams are going to the playoffs. And maybe three, West, right? right? I mean, but you you might be a really good team that finishes last in that division. And if you would have just played in a different division, you might have been, you know, two, three wins better. Yeah, I mean, the NFC East is always looking for a contender. <laughs> That's right. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Tucker Sargent. In studio with us, talking some NFL. We're going to get to some Grizz lacrosse as well. They just got back from uh, Ireland. So, a fun trip over there uh, for the boys. And uh, some worthwhile experience with a lot of multicultural and truly, like, world-level competition. So, we'll get to that here in a little while. But we're going through uh, some division picks. Okay, so, I'm inclined to pick Kansas City just because they've been the team that win- has won the division for five years in a row. But I'm also inclined to pick them because I don't know who else to pick because I do think that all three, the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers, all improved so much. So I don't really know where to go. But I, So I'm going to go different from you here. I'm, okay. I'm going to go with Denver for a couple nice. of reasons. One, <clears throat> Kansas City lost a lot of star power on the offense. So yes, Pat Mahomes did. is going to have to do this all on his own. For sure. And they're, and they're still bad on defense because they paid all the money that they're right. supposed to spend on the defensive guys. And, the and Denver for two reasons. One, they were just missing a quarterback. Uh, they've been very good defensively. They have yep. a good offensive line. They have good running backs. They have great offensive skill talent on the perimeter. So that's one of the reasons. And two, last time Denver did this, they made it to the Super Bowl. So if we're just going historical here and I like patterns, that's why I'm picking Denver. I am going to go contrarian against myself as well, and I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Chargers to win uh, this division. If you're a better, if you're a sports gambler, I can't tell you. I would say one of the worst bets you could make is on a division champion for the West. I would just pick, if you can find a bet with a line of two teams from the West making the playoffs, or you can find a line that the Chargers are either a division winner or a playoff team, that's a good pick. I'm going to put some money on the Chargers. I don't know if it's necessarily to win the West. If the Chargers, though, are the, the fourth Favorite, if they're the lowest odds, I'm, I'm definitely going to place a little money on the Chargers. But either way, uh, I do think the AFC West is the toughest division. 
uh, in the National Football League. Tucker Sargent in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. Okay, so let's do some AFC North. There's a lot of uh, uh, upheaval there. <laughs> the, the Steelers forever were the team yeah. to beat, and for whatever reason, well, there's a lot of reasons. Antonio Brown's one of them. Le'Veon Bell's one of them. You know, Mike Tomlin probably had to, you know, he's probably fast-tracking yeah. towards the nuthouse before those guys got or out of town. And Roethlisberger's body falling apart. But for sure. It's going to be new-look Steelers. Don't know where they're where out the quarterback. The Ravens have been uh, unbelievably consistent uh, over the last 20 years. And then the Browns and the Bengals have been unbelievably bad. Now, you still got all sorts of drama in Cleveland because, of course, you do. But all of a sudden, the Bengals aren't the doormat anymore. So uh, where are we at with the AFC North? I, I mean, I think I got to go with the Bengals. Um, I really like what they put together last year. It was a fun run. And, you know, I think that, that Joe Burrow is the guy that they – I mean – to me, he's a proven winner. For sure. And I think that's so important. He's got that intangible, weird confidence about him where he, he can just put a team on his back. And I think Baltimore is a team that can win a lot of games and be scary. But, you know, when it comes to late seasons, it, you know, late season playoff play, I just I feel like, you know, having a guy with a better arm is going to be what you need. Both have very strong defenses. Both can, you know, are vo- very well coached. But I think Cincinnati is just the hungrier team, and they've, they've had a little bit taste of it, and I think they can build off of that. I, I found it interesting that the uh, the national media tried to cling on to this narrative when Joe Burrow was leading this great run that he's like the next Tom Brady. I couldn't help but laugh. He's got like the California cool thing. You know, he's he's beautiful looking. You know, he's, he's the coolest guy in every room, whatever. I get that parallel. The thing that people forget, though, is that Joe Burrow is like an unbelievable athlete. I mean, he was the Ohio Gatorade Player of the Year in basketball as well as in football, right? Like the guy's a D1 basketball player as well. Tom Brady's a D1 nothing besides a quarterback, right? So I thought that was a, an interesting deal. But but having Burrow, he does have the it factor. I'll tell you who I'm not going to pick to win this division. It's not going to be Cleveland. It's not going to be Pittsburgh. So I think it's between Baltimore and Cincinnati. And I think I'm going to go with you. I think I'm going Cincy, man, because I, I – Here's, the, here's what you know about the Ravens. They're going to be in the mix for the playoffs all the way down to the end if Lamar Jackson stays healthy. And then if they make the playoffs, they're probably not going to be in the mix for anything after that. Because well, that's the thing. It all lynches on Lamar Jackson, and it's always just one hit away right. from and, that and, falling and completely he can apart. always get you to 11 wins during the regular season, but then in a win and move on, loser go home, when an NFL defensive coordinator can just throw the kitchen sink on the, at the kid, he goes from action Jackson to just honestly a liability in the playoffs. And so, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Baltimore does. I do think that Baltimore will be a playoff team this year. But I agree with you. I think it's the Bengals' division to win. All right, let's do one more before we uh, actually talk about what you're here to talk about. The uh, South is uh, interesting as well because it's easy to forget that the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Yeah, for a long, long time. I mean, they they took the number one seed into the playoffs. They were one of the least heralded number one seeds that we've seen. And so I actually find it interesting that Vegas has the Titans as the number two to win this, and they have the Colts as the favorite to win the AFC South, even though the Colts missed the playoffs a year ago. This, this division is very much like the North, where I can tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be the Texans, and it's not going to be the Jags. So basically, this is between the Colts and the Titans, two sort of similar style teams where uh, they want to run the football. I mean, Derrick Henry, one of the best power backs in the league. Jonathan Taylor emerging as one of the best power backs in the league. It really, And they're both going to try to get by with sort of average quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill is fine. Matt Ryan is 
a little bit better than fine, but sure. he's just fine. I guess the the real question here, though, is how much of a difference does Matt Ryan make? Because they decided Carson Wentz ain't it. They shipped him off, and the rest of the team remains intact with a bunch of talent across the board. Can Matt Ryan put him over the top? I, no, I think Matt Ryan definitely makes them better. Uh, I think moving on from Wentz is the right idea. And, yeah. the, you know, the, where they at, and, you know, they were sort of subject of to, you know, they had enough success last year where you're not going to get a guy in the draft. You kind of got to go look around. And free agency was ultimately the, the right spot to look. And I think, you know, it made sense for Matt Ryan to move on from Atlanta. Um, you know, and sometimes a change of scenery really does help people. I mean, look at what Tannehill did when he went over to Tennessee. But I think, to me, this is still Tennessee. I think Tennessee has those pieces for the names you mentioned beforehand, and I think the other one is their coach, Mike Vrabel. I think he really is an emerging star in the game. And the one thing about Tannehill is... That Tannehill is Mike Vrabel's type of quarterback, right? And and because Vrabel's like so gruff, he doesn't care. He doesn't want Mac Jones. He wants Tannehill, right? He right. wants the tough guy. He wants a tough guy. He wants a guy that's gonna you know do enough to give him an opportunity to win, which he does. You know, and and I mean, Tennessee was a number one seed without Derrick Henry for most of the year. That's right. And if you if you can get Derrick Henry back, even to you know eighty ninety percent of what he was, I mean that changes everything for them. And, and, you know, if you can carry a healthy guy into the playoffs. So, obviously, there's ifs there, but there are with every team. I just think that they have more better pieces, and I think they have a coach who's really a player's type of guy that gets sure. them believing. I mean, he took Tannehill, who was basically going, looking like he was going to wash out of the league, brought him to Tennessee, yep. and then made him a Pro Bowl quarterback. Um, the NFL, people ask this in pro sports across the board. Like, what is coaching in pro sports, especially if you don't have much control in the front office? Like, how much are you actually coaching LeBron James? Like, do substitutions matter I, in the I, NBA? I, I think basketball is very different. Totally, and that's why I think Vrabel is unbelievable because to have, like, a true attitude-dominant culture like the Titans have in a league where everybody on every team is an alpha dog, you have to be a superior alpha, and that's why Mike Vrabel is so sweet. Because right. I mean, Mike Vrabel could like put on the pads at any saying, given day like, and still jump out there. Most NFL head coaches, at the end of the day, if they walk in the parking lot with the players, the players have the physical advantage. Mike Vrabel is the, is the toughest guy on their right. team, and, and I don't think that's necessarily like you. You don't have to be that guy you to be a good if you, coach. If but, you can, though, and then everybody on the team is like that. Well, that's you build amazing. a culture and you get people to buy in into that attitude. So that, to me, is why I think Tennessee is still the team. That is very interesting. I was higher than high on the Colts all year last year. Part of it was proximity bias because they were on the in-season hard knocks. So I was watching them every week. And so, you know, as you know, the more you know about a team, the more you're like, oh, that team's good, you know. I know about that guy. They have this cool guy that other people don't know about. So I had a little bit of a proximity bias. But I do think that when you start on defense with DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, uh, Kenny Moore, you have elite players at all three levels of your defense. I think the Colts have probably top three offensive line in, in all of football besides maybe the Cleveland Browns and, and who else is up there? Probably the, the Pittsburgh Steelers still have a very good offensive line. But the Colts definitely have one of the best offensive fronts. I think Jonathan Taylor is an emerging star. they got great weapons, and I do think Matt Ryan's better than Carson Wentz. I think the Titans are a playoff team, but I'm picking the Colts. Mostly just to be a contrarian. We can't pick all the same no, stuff. That's right. Maybe we'll have to get you back in here again to do some NFC stuff. This was fun doing this with you. Whenever you need it, man. How about the stuff that Tucker's actually here for? These guys were in Ireland. They played international competition. The Grizzly Cross team did. We'll hear stories from the pubs and the pitch right after this. Keep it here. New on is now ESPN Radio. This is 
Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. One of the funniest things that's going on around here lately at Missoula Broadcasting Company is that our uh, our head engineer and also, also multifaceted on-air talent, Tommy Evans, he's been somehow like discovering late 90s music. And, and to be fair, Tommy was born somewhere close to the late 90s, I think. <laughs> he's still not yet even 30. But every couple of weeks he comes in and says, have you heard of this band? I'm like, well, yeah, I've heard of that that band or that song and he's just flabbergasted with his first experiences with some of these late 90s songs that's what read led me to some better than ezra here on uh, nuanas now welcome back thanks so much for spending some time with us here on your radio on your tv maybe you're watching on the espn montana app Coulter nuanas coming to you through the espn montana studio here at the missoula broadcasting company tucker Sargent in studio with us we just did some nfl uh specifically afc division picks but he actually came down here for, you know, more important things than that. This is actually funny. I called Tuck last week because I wanted to ask him some questions about uh, the Grizz hockey sponsorships that we are uh, helping partner with here at Missoula Broadcasting. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to dinner. And I'm like, it's 1030 in the morning. Why, why are you going to dinner at 1030 in the morning? He's like, oh, it's not 1030 where I'm at. I'm in, in Ireland. So you just got back. Welcome back. What's the flight like? like where, what, give us your travel like, where'd you guys go? Where'd you fly so from? So it turns out getting to Europe from Montana is not the easiest. Getting to anywhere from Montana is yeah. not the uh, easiest. Uh, but no, so the flight out wasn't too bad. We went from here to Minneapolis. And then the flight from Minneapolis, we went to Paris, actually, then Dublin. Um, but flying internationally, the flight from Minneapolis, long haul. But, yeah. uh, you know, you try and sleep during it. But, but you, you're pretty, you, didn't, you didn't have to be making the other stuff. So it's just Minneapolis over the pond. Over the pond. Oh, that's good. Okay. It was it was a big one. You get a big plane. Uh, flying internationally is pretty nice. That uh, you know we had some vouchers for some free drinks, but we were on Air France, not Delta. I found out. Mm. Um, but doesn't matter because they were very kind and they served us a lot of food and a lot of drinks for free. Nice. And uh, that was so that made it pretty fun. Tried to nap, woke up, didn't work. And you got to be careful about having drinks on a plane too, because oh, then you just have to pee the whole time for sure. And, and also when you're thirty thousand feet above, that it goes a lot farther. Yeah. You know, you so, try to pace you know, yourself. We had this French. We had this French flight attendant and he was going down and gave us our you know our, our microwave food which i thought was delicious being starving <laughs> and uh then the two people next to me each asked for they gave us champagne just to have you know that's just one of the things right. they did so everyone got a glass of champagne and then he came by and he said do you want wine or anything and the two people next to me said yeah I have wine so they got you know like those little like mini bottles of mm-hmm. wine i said oh I'll, I'll take a red and i don't know if it, i just looked like a guy that needed more but he just handed me two bottles of wine uh, delicious. And then on the way back, he said, would you like a little aperitif? And I was like, sure, what's that? And then he just handed me a shooter of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, the whole gamut. So yeah, I, I had, had it all. Um, it was a lot of fun. We landed in Dublin at about uh, one in the afternoon. And the craziest part about that, though, is, you know, the flight, you're, you're completely sleep deprived um, because totally. as much as you try and sleep, like there's the anticipation it's fun and sleeping on a plane sucks. Like, I you mean, you're only half and asleep. And you're, you're a big headed guy. Like oh, you yeah. try and turn oh, it down oh. and it's just constantly just wrenching your neck yeah, all yeah, over. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. these things between our shoulders just weigh way too much. Oh, yeah. Our great leader here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, she was uh, on the phone earlier saying we need to get hats to fit you and Tucker. The yeah, two spe- big heads. Specifically looking for our own head. She's like, I need 10 hats and then I need two specific big ones. For Tucker and Coulter. <laughs> but so you get out there, we rent our car, and then, of course, you're driving on the wrong side of the road with no sleep. And uh, 
it's a bit much to handle. Like it, it is, it is very, very terrifying. For sure. So the, the first day we we booked it out of town. Uh, we got there two days early before the lacrosse event. Yeah. And you know we were just going around to hang out. So we get to a pub, and uh, I mean that's that's basically what you do in Ireland. You go somewhere. Oh, that's right. You walk around. You look at some old streets. You see a castle because there's a castle every thirty feet in Ireland. But they have a beer. And then you have a beer. That's right. And. And that was kind of rinse and repeat for a couple of days. We actually we had a lot of fun. We, we intentionally took the smallest uh, roads possible to where we're going because there's nothing in Ireland that's more than a two-hour drive anyway. Uh, so we tried to elongate that a little bit. Um, and you're just, I mean, you're driving. You, it basically feels like Ireland is an entire golf course, meaning the beauty, <laughs> the rolling hills, the yeah. grass everywhere. And then the roads are literal cart paths. Like when someone comes up to you, one person has to pull over. Typically, that was me because I did not have the confidence to strong drive anyone there. Uh, and then you pass, and then you you know you you touch a sheep with your car, and then you keep going. Um, but they were having a heat wave. It was wild. Wow. It was like How ninety degrees. Was I was gonna say you look like. I mean, obviously you've been up at the lake. All so summer, I went. Right? I went swimming twice in Ireland wow. in the North Atlantic, which I did not think was something anyone ever did. And beach culture in Ireland is not as developed as it is in mm. the U.S. Uh, they do have beaches. They are an island. But they don't have many opportunities for it. Mm. Um, so, you know, people in Ireland aren't in bikinis or swimsuits very often. And so, you know, there's not that uh, fear of getting your beach body together. And people just let it all hang out and hey, have a good yeah. time. I mean, you know, Guinness and Guinness in the beach. It's interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the water was actually particularly warm. That Gulf strings is a real thing. Like it yeah. was, I, it was warmer than the Pacific that you go swimming in. Tucker Sergeant in studio, Grizzly Cross coach. They're back from their, uh, international journey over to, uh, Ireland. So tell people like, what, what was the thing that brought you over? There's like a world. So there was, uh, the, there was the U21. Right? Yeah. There was the U21 world championships. If you follow hockey at all, very similar to like so the junior move, world this championships. this moves around. Right. So, so, you know, countries bid on it, try and host sure. it. Ireland was the host this year. Have you guys ever gone to this before? No, 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 no. So this is, I mean, like, this is really a spectator event. Okay. Uh, Ireland decided as just more of a way to draw, I think, more spectators because it's not a particularly viewed sport in Ireland was like, hey, let's put in a, a 18 and over adult tournament to coincide with it. So... I thought it would be fun, one, to watch some pretty high-level, cool international lacrosse. Yep. Um, but also to be able to give the guys on the University of Montana team just an opportunity to travel abroad. And, you know, when you play a college sport, you're pretty busy. You don't have a lot of opportunities to get on and do that. Kids have a hard time taking, you know, a semester abroad or whatever. So totally. I was saying, like, to me, this was really just about a cultural experience and using lacrosse as the conduit to get them there. We had a ton of families also sign up and come along oh, with cool. us. Um, so we were staying so at fellow adults to help. Uh, oh, they, I mean, the, the the parents outnumbered the players nice. two to one. I mean, it was like every kid had their family or girlfriends or grand, there was grandparents there, nice. uh, uncles. Um, so really just a fun, good, you know, team bonding affair. Um, we saw some pretty good teams in our division. I think we went about 500 in it. You know, yeah. we didn't bring our entire squad. It was those who were able to go. It was really just like, hey, sure. this is open. Let's let's put this together, and, right. and guys that want to go go. So, you know, I wasn't really. It wasn't about like trying to be the best team here. There were some very other good, you know, programs there. We played against uh, you know another NCAA team that was doing something similar. Um, we played a team from the UK. We played an Irish uh, men's team. I mean, it, it was it was a very fun experience. Guys are exchanging jerseys after. It was nice, really just nice. about getting out. And then, you know, 
getting to see another culture. How does how do people in Ireland do it, or how does the guys from Italy? What's their experience like? And giving the kids the opportunity to talk. So, to me, that was the most important part of the whole thing is just the exposure to other cultures around the world, and and using lacrosse is just a, a fun thing to do. And I think it's one of the great things about our program is that you know sure. this is something that we put an emphasis on doing. Um, so, you know, there was a lot, you know, we were pretty relaxed with the rules for the guys that said, Hey, you're here in Ireland, do sure. what you want right, to do. Right. So there, there were, there were a number of very, very fun evenings. <laughs> sure. Uh, and it was funny too. Cause like, you know, the drinking age is 18 there sure. and there's, there were parents that were as fired up to ha- to go to the pubs with their kids as, <laughs> as the kids were just to go with their buddies. Like the, the, right. the offer, I mean, we were singing, cheersing, yeah, like yeah. they had music, watching jigs, the whole thing. I mean, Ireland is as advertised, I can tell you that. Tucker Sergeant Girls Lacrosse, back from Ireland, in studio. Uh, so, how's it, what's the cost? Like, just in terms of, like, you go to the pub, is, is a beer same, cheaper? Oh, my God, no, it's, it's, so you would think it would be more, right? You're just... De- well, no, not anymore. I think Montana's the most expensive place in the uh, world, right? So, ex- that was store. it. I mean, like, so... It was, I, I wouldn't say, it's not like going to Mexico cheap. Sure. But it is, the euro and the dollar are basically one-to-one right totally. now. Uh, and Ireland's got it figured out. I mean, they the, every everywhere you go, you just use your credit card, and it, they all function on the tap system. Like, you okay. just tap it, and it everything goes. So every time you go get a beer, you just pay as you go, and it Whoa. takes two seconds to go. I mean, pa- pouring a Guinness takes a thousand times longer than the, sure. the, the transaction of paying. Um, but, I mean, food there? Unbelievably, I just went to El Diablo before I came here. Yeah, yeah. It was fifteen bucks for a burrito and a yeah. Lacroix. Yeah, right. That would have bought you a ribeye steak, nice. mashed potatoes. Everything comes with potatoes. So, it's no joke. Like a pint is what, like two bucks, three bucks? Uh, no, they're they're about five or six, depending so like where a, you go. So like the same as America, right? Okay. But the, their pints are significantly larger too, mm-hmm. right? They're using so the imperial pint, pint. so okay. it, it's a better deal. Um, yeah, no, bang for your buck. And the other, the, the the best deal in Ireland, and I would suggest this to anyone that goes, their gas stations blow ours out of the water. Every gas station, <laughs> hilarious. Every gas station there has a full deli that will make the most delicious French baguette sandwich nice. that you could ask. All the everything you, I mean, you, we're getting brie, roast turkey, every ingredient you want, and it's like four euros. I mean, that's like four dollars, and you're getting like a 12-inch sandwich for four bucks. <laughs> that's amazing. Tucker Sergeant in studio, Grizz the Cross, just got back from Ireland. Uh, last thing for you then, what, uh, what was the coolest or like most beneficial lacrosse thing that you guys either saw or did or learned or performed or anything like that? There's a lot of other people out there in the world that are good lacrosse. Right, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of other well, talented I, I people. I was kind of getting the debriefing this morning. It sounds like there was teams from everywhere, from like the Iroquois Nation to like Jamaica, and then everywhere all over Europe. And I mean, there's yeah, no, the, the right? game's getting a lot more global, right. uh, which is pretty cool to see. So I think we took that away, and then also just like the, the the bonding opportunities that these guys were able to have leading into the season. You know, now everyone's back. Just you know. Got back this weekend. There's a couple kids getting back tomorrow. You know, people stayed later to go explore more. But just, you know, getting that bond before the season gets going, I think, really helps out. We had a couple of kids, incoming freshmen, that joined us oh, on nice. the team. So, so they were able to get kind of yeah, They were yeah. able to kind of just get a, a, a feel for, you know, the culture and everything we're doing. So I think all of that's very important. But, you know, 
that's behind us now, and we're we've got the kids. Literally, I was just on campus dropping some stuff off today. Kids are moving into the dorms. It's like, oh my god, where did summer go? Here, here it is. I mean, we're going to be back at practice in a week. I mean, football starts soon, so you guys are going to have some fall ball stuff this this uh, fall as well. Yeah, we got fall ball going. Uh, I was just working with football and or sorry, lacrosse and hockey. Sure. Um, and actually, we're going to be at an event at Shields on uh, this Thursday yeah. for the pep rally. Totally. So we're going to ha- we're going to have all the guys out there. Um, you know, sign in posters and handout schedules. You can win tickets to games um, for Grizz Hockey and Lacrosse. So that's going to be a very fun event this Friday from 5 to 7 at Shields. So anyone out there that's uh, interested in hockey or lacrosse and wants to see some of the guys get some, you know, win some Grizz, Grizz Hockey and Lacrosse swag or get some tickets, see us at Shields this Thursday, 5 to 7. And last thing we must uh, we must pump is that uh, Grizz Hockey is uh, sooner than you think. It's coming back September 30th, which is yep. uh, just a couple weeks into football season. And so it, for those out there, you can now correlate these two things together. Like when the Grizz start, that means Grizz hockey's right around. Yeah, it is. And I mean, the, the, the things are getting underway. I got to go to the rink this week. We're redoing all the seating there. So we have a better seating system yep. for everyone. The, the kids are all here. Uh, the level of talent that we have this year versus last year is just exploded. I mean, we're expecting awesome. a very, very strong team coming out of Missoula this year. Uh, and the biggest selling point was... The, fans, the atmosphere, right? the fans, yeah. like the, you know, the, the, all of you out there are, are basically in charge of making Grizz hockey yeah, better. That's cool. Um, but kids saw that, and you know, I was talking to parents today, and uh, people are fired up. And the first game is just going to be mayhem. So if you haven't looked at getting tickets yet, I would suggest going to grizzhockey.com. They made it easy, grizzhockey.com. Yep, and if you will get to the front page, there's a button that says season tickets or single game tickets. You easy. can buy either right now, uh, and there are tickets still available. But definitely start looking at that because. Uh, we had a lot of sellouts last year, and we're hoping to do the same thing this year. We will have Grizz Hockey, Grizz Lacrosse, this show, and much, much more live on this radio station and on the ESPN Montana app. Whenever any of it's going on, anytime any of that stuff I just said is going on, we'll have it both here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN Montana app. Tucker Sargent, wearer of many hats, but the uh, head coach of the Grizz Lacrosse team here in studio. Thanks for they got to be by, big man. hats, though. That's right. Thanks for swinging by, man. Appreciate Thanks, man. it. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll get you all set up. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Monday. Missed anything in the show? Montana Football Hour featuring an interview with Brent Vegan, plus the beginning of our position group, excuse me, uh, preview series for both the Grizz and the Bobcats. And we talked some NFL division by division winners and Tucker Sargent, Grizz lacrosse coach, swung by to tell us all about his team's trip to Ireland. All that on the podcast presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. One amendment, uh, just so everybody's clear, Pet Fest down at Shields. From 5 to 7 Thursday. So you can go meet and greet with Grizz, hockey, and lacrosse players. And uh, find out all sorts of fun things for your pets. Uh, That's Thursday at Shields from 5 to 7 p.m. So go check that out uh, if you need something to do. Uh, Before we take this thing home, uh, I just thought of a fun uh, sort of game that we can play. And maybe even turn it into a pool. So Andrew... uh, 
we just broke down the uh, division-by-division winners, so just quickly, I want to get your thoughts. We don't have to hash any of them out or even give me the reasons why. Just give me your picks for the four AFC divisions that we uh, we did. Uh, the AFC East first. Who are you going with? Buffalo. There you go. There's the Bills. Okay, who you got in the West? Ooh, tough uh, Kansas City. KC. Okay, so we got we got... I got the Chargers. Tucker's got the Broncos. So, Andrew, even though KC is kind of the favorite pick, is the old lone guy here. I'm going to probably get my brother, maybe Ryan Tutel, to do this with us as well. Hashing this out in my brain as we speak. So, we'll turn it into some sort of competition, and maybe we'll figure out if you guys can get involved as well. We have a couple weeks till the NFL kicks off. Uh, who you got in the north? Baltimore. Baltimore, not Cincy. I liked it. And then who you got in the south? Uh, oh, man, I really want to go really off the rails here, but Tennessee. Were you were you going to say the Browns? Oh, that's the AFC North. Excuse me. Who would you go off the rails with, the Jags? Yeah. Oh, boy. Andrew covered Trevor Lawrence in high school. He always wants Trevor to be good. And Trevor, go- he is going to be good. He, no, is, he good. is good. They're is going good. to be a lot better than they were last year. Yes. I, well, that's, I, that's almost... Uh, Impossible to not be, right? Right, but that's what I'm saying. I think that probably takes you to six or seven wins rather than actually contending <laughs> for the division. It means you're still four or five wins short. All right, so you're going with it, Indy or, or Tennessee? Tennessee. Titans. All right, there you go. So those, those are our division winners. We'll do some NFC tomorrow. I'll also probably round up a few more uh, from the uh, the wider world of sports analysts that we, uh, we know here at... Uh, ESPN Radio. The rest of the week, we're going to keep on rolling with these Big Sky Conference. Um, I guess more specifically, Montana, Montana State Position Group previews. And also, uh, we started last week on our some of our games of the week throughout the Big Sky Conference. And we only got through the non-conference, so we'll get into some of the conference top games for the uh, 2022 season. Tomorrow, we'll also have our Treasure State Stars. And we have a fun interview and uh, an important interview um, with a someone that's joined us on this show, I should say, in uh, a variety of different capacities. Bryn Malloy, who worked as a long time uh, as the marketing director there at the uh, University of Montana Athletic Department. Um, she joined us in that capacity many times, but she is now a spokesperson for uh, AWARE, which is a great nonprofit here in town. And they're holding a charity golf scramble to raise money. So she'll join us to tell us uh, more about that later on in the week, too. Got some fun guests coming up. We're efforting Lance McCutcheon. We're also going to hear from Cameron Guernsey, the latest commitment to the University of Montana, a Butte product. And just a reminder, we'll be uh, getting a bunch of content out there at Canyon River on Friday, and we'll play all that for you from this studio uh, on Friday's show as well, the Grizzly Scholarship Association fundraiser out there at Canyon River. So big week, fun week. We'll keep on rolling through the week. Tomorrow, in the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Monday evening. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.